0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, May 5th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Senate rejects mill increase. Bond and grazing bills dropped. USMCA good, but not good enough for USTR. Senate rejects Newsom's mill fee overhaul, but raises new concerns. The state Senate has unveiled an agriculture budget proposal that rejects the Newsom administration's bid to overhaul the state's mill assessment on pesticides. Cal EPA has been pitching a new tiered fee structure based on toxicity that would raise an additional $45 million in annual revenue for the Department of Pesticide Regulations, or DPR. Instead, the Senate would backfill DPR's budget shortfall and add two years of funding to cover other programs the administration proposes. This would include efforts to promote integrated pest management, support county ag commissioners, expand an air monitoring network, and engage with environmental justice communities. The money, $90 million at all, would come from the state's taxpayer fund. Ag groups were concerned the limited term funding would leave farmers on the hook in two years to cover the added costs for staffing and programs. Rather than rectify a small structural deficit today, we will require to meet a much larger one tomorrow, said California Farm Bureau's Taylor Roshan. Bond and grazing fees pull for the year. A $3.1 billion food and ag bond proposal has been pulled ahead of a committee hearing. With the legislature's tight schedule this year, the bill will likely not be heard again, but could return in 2022. Industry raised concerns the measure provided little funding to farmers and excluded money for dairy digesters and water infrastructure projects. Butte County rancher and former president of the California Cattlemen's Association, Dave Daly, praised the conservation easement grants listed in the bill. Daly would likely be disappointed that a proposal to ease grazing permits was also dropped last week. Daly wrote an op-ed just two days beforehand that called for the state to expand grazing as a wildfire prevention tool. The natural resources bond proposal for $7 billion has been pulled as well, though a similar proposal for $6 billion has been advancing through committees. Both promote natural infrastructure projects, but not above-ground water storage. Top R to FACA, no way on carbon bank. With the Agriculture Department expected to soon release its strategy for tackling climate change, The top Republican of the Senate Ag Committee is doubling down on his opposition to a USDA-run carbon bank. I appreciate the interest from food and agriculture organizations to develop proposals intended to provide for a greater role for agriculture in addressing climate change. The reality is that the secretary does not have the authority to create and operate a carbon bank as proposed by the Biden administration, says Senator John Bozeman, the Arkansas Republican. He issued a statement yesterday in response to recommendations by the Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance for using a carbon bank to test ways of rewarding farmers for conservation practices. Bozeman continued... Since it was first proposed, the concept of a so-called carbon bank has shifted many times. Today, it's unclear whether the term carbon bank is a noun, a verb, or an adjective. Take note, FACA's recommendations were included in comments that many farm groups and environmental organizations filed in response to questions posed by USDA about how the department's climate policy should be shaped. There's fairly broad support for using Farm Bill conservation funding and federal crop insurance programs to incentivize conservation practices. Crop insurance industry groups caution USDA that the program needs to be kept actuarially sound and that it already rewards farmers whose practices make their crops more resilient. Now, For more on those comments to USDA, read this week's Acropulse newsletter. USTR holds up USMCA as a partial template. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai thinks the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement is the best free trade agreement ever because of its strong labor and environmental standards. But she says future trade packs will need provisions on climate change and other issues. The United States-Mexico-Canada agreement's bipartisan approval gives me confidence that this approach is worthwhile, Ty said at the 51st Annual Washington Conference of the Americas. The updated agreement now includes the most comprehensive and forcible labor and environmental standards of any U.S. trade agreement, and I would argue any trade agreement. I stress that USMCA is only a starting point for future work in the region that explicitly acknowledges climate change, aggressively addresses global forced labor issues, and expands the benefits of trade to women and historically underserved communities. Real movement expected this month on infrastructure. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says the administration expects to see real movement from Congress in the days and weeks ahead on President Joe Biden's $2.7 trillion infrastructure package. I think May in particular is a month where you're going to see a lot of action, he told Punchbowl News yesterday. Speaking to Fox News earlier this week, the top Republican on the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee, Shelley Moore, capital of West Virginia, said... There appears to be a real desire on the part of the White House to reach a compromise on infrastructure spending. Big Avocado Hopes for Cinco de Mayo Today is Cinco de Mayo, and California avocado growers should have a lot to celebrate. Cinco de Mayo was muted last year amid the height of the pandemic, but the Mexican holiday that's popular on both sides of the border going to be much more festive occasion this year, and that's great news for avocado farmers, says the California-based Mission Produce. About 100 million Americans will be celebrating today, and they're expected to consume 70 million pounds of avocado, says a company that packages avocados in California, Mexico, and Peru. As vaccinations ramp up in the United States, people are eager to return to pre-COVID activities like gatherings and in-person dining. Cinco de Mayo could be the first holiday of normalcy for many, according to Steve Bardard, the founder and CEO of Mission Produce. Here's today's She Said It. It's disappointing that the Sierra Club is creating division through misstatements and misleading the public. that Shelley Cartwright. Deputy General Manager of External Affairs for Westlands Water District in response to an op-ed alleging the district plans to pocket millions in taxpayer subsidies while charging exorbitant water rates to low-income communities. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, May 5th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit agripulse.com. For Agripulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.